Welcome everyone to this uh, special edition of uh, Catholic Family News uh, special report. Uh, I am um, joined today by Dr. Thaddeus Kaczynski, uh, who received his PhD in philosophy from the Catholic University of America and has been a, a teacher in a variety of institutions teaching philosophy, humanities, uh, and um, great books. Uh, he's also a, 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 an author which many of our, our readers may be familiar. His most recent book, Modernity as Apocalypse, was published uh, last year, 2019, by our good friends at Angelico Press. So uh, thank you for, for joining us today and, and uh, talking with our viewers. My pleasure, good to be here. So our, our topic today, we did it in our news roundup last week. Our, um, we did a little story on a Detroit priest, a father, Matthew Hood, who recently discovered by watching a video of his baptism that he was not validly baptized uh, because the deacon, who apparently was doing baptisms this way for, for almost a decade uh, at a church there in Michigan, uh, baptized him with an, a form, we baptize you, which the Congregation of the Doctrine of the Faith has declared it makes it invalid, an invalid baptism. So we just reported on that and what the diocese is doing. We got a lot of response from viewers I want to particularly say, could you do a short segment kind of explaining this a little bit more? What went on? What was wrong with it? And, you know, why it was not valid and, and how this happened. So there's going to be a, a little short uh, video where we're, we're going to address that topic that, as requested. So do you, do you want to maybe share with your thoughts first at the, the sort of level, I guess, of sacramental theology? Why would this change in the words that this deacon used uh, make, why would the church conclude that makes this baptism invalid? Yeah, I mean, I think you can see the um, the deficiency of this if you were to compare it to the sacrament of confession. Could you imagine a priest saying, we absolve you of your sin in the confessional? Um, you know, uh, the Latin would have to be mus. And, <laughs> the, the, um, and, uh, and you, you could see how that would be absurd because in the sacrament of confession, it's obvious how much the priest is incarnating for you at that moment and in that space christ himself his blood is washing over you so the, the use of the first person is absolutely essential nobody would question that everybody would be shocked right mm. and why isn't that the same for baptism i mean the only difference there well one significant difference is is that a lay person may baptize right so one might think well okay that's a big difference there but still, when the, when the lay person is baptizing you, um, at that moment, in that time, with that particular, uh, you know, group of molecules of water, um, it, it's, it's in persona Christi. Um, you know, Christ is welcoming you into his mystical body. You are the locus of that welcoming. You, you are an agent, okay? You are not a mere um, representative of the community. Okay, you are a representative of the community, but you're also an agent. And all sacraments happen through personal responsibility, personal intention, and personal agency. Um, another way to look at this is, I, I always remember being annoyed um, when I used to go to the Novus Ordo, when, they, when we used to say, we believe. You know, I don't want to confess uh, a third person plural okay i i want to say that i believe because i'm the one who's going to have to be responsible before our lord 
for whether I myself made the act of faith and preserved that act, I can't rely on uh, the collective consciousness of the creed. And so when they made that translation change for the better, you know, several years ago, they recognized that. Now, I don't think it was heretical to say, I mean, it wasn't like um, uh, a sin to have the we believe, but it was, it was deficient. But now we're, we're talking about a sacrament here. Um, and um, I'm impressed with the congregation of the faith. Is it the congregation of the faith, um, doctrine of the faith? Is that who condemned? Them? I thought that's who came out recently. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty yeah. impressive that, that, that we still have condemnations of uh, yes. Ill illicit uh, sacramental practices. Um, and it must be pretty significant if such an institution condemned it that, that quickly and that blatantly. Um, and I think it's for the reason that it not only does it simply depart from the, the words of baptism that are sacred and handed down to us by liturgical tradition, mm -hmm. um, but again, I think it presupposes a kind of weird collectivism and denial of personal agency and this kind of horizontalism, you know, that we see in mm -hmm. the, you know, in the mainstream church. So those are some of the reasons I think um, it's wrong. Um, you know, and you you yeah, mentioned the you mentioned the analogy of confession. When you were saying that, it, it reminded me um, another analogy with the words of consecration. So another the sacrament, of course, he says this is my body. He's not saying it's you know my father whoever's body. Right, the my is spoken clearly in that case. You know, he's it's Christ speaking about himself. And again, in the same way, the analogy here, it's not it's. Again, we speak a little bit, you know, in a, in a certain sense, well, Father so-and-so baptized my child, but, but as you're rightly saying, the proper theology understand it is as the agent of Christ, that Christ is who remits the sin, washes the soul, using the, the physical mouth and tongue, you know, and words and hands uh, of the priest. Uh, so, yeah, yes, I, and I, I, go ahead, sorry, go ahead, finish up. No, no, sorry. good. Okay, I, I mean, I, I, I think that there's the, the simple answer is it departs from the traditional formula, right? Um, but underneath this is a kind of flippancy and lack of precision and, um, mm. you know, honestly, a kind of Protestantization. If you believed in the sacramental efficacy, the, the, the miracle that's happening at this moment, that this person is being literally transformed uh, mm. into a supernatural. Uh, it, participating in the supernatural, having them their souls washed clean of original sin, uh, the the becoming a literal temple of the Holy Spirit, having the inner in, indwelling in their heart at this moment, God Himself has entered the soul of this person. You would not dare to mess with at all. You might even you would probably err on the other side. You would probably err on rigorism or scrupulosity. You would mm -hmm. never want to be lax on this. It's the same thing with the sacrament of confession. I would get so upset to hear priests say, um, I, absolve, I forgive you instead of I absolve you. Or how about this one? May God give you pardon and peace and absolve you of your sins. No, 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 no. God, you are absolving me. Okay, right. you are not merely saying that God is, okay? You're, and you're not asking God to, like, will God please do this? You're, you're affecting it. Right. You're affecting it. And so um, the spirit involved in this laxity, I think, is a sign. Honestly, I'm not saying that anyone is personally culpable for this. How can I know? But there's a kind of implicit, habitual negligence or even denial of the supernatural reality happening at this moment. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, of course, um, if there were no vernacular translations, I mean, yes, vernacular 
makes things understandable. Okay, I understand. But nobody's going to change the Latin on a formula like this, right? I mean, it's, it's, it, it leads to a kind of stability and, and a sacredness and untouchability that mm. has its place precisely in something like a sacrament. There's, if there's one place in the world where, we're, where, where you don't want to mess with words, it's when words actually create supernatural realities in front of you, when, where they affect them. That's the one place you don't want to mess with language. And, you, and don't, don't think you're being scrupulous here if you want to be as, as, as precise as possible. Um, and this isn't to say that it's a magic trick, you have to get the magic words right, and that God is not bi is bigger than the sacraments if he wants to. We know that God can work outside the sacraments. He could do what he wants. But we know what his will is for us, and his will mm -hmm. is to have his supernatural activity work through these sacred formulas that have been given to us um, by sacred tradition. Well, and to echo what you said about how this is important things, I mean, particularly with baptisms, we saw in this case, it is sort of the, the, the keystone, the foundation for everything. Because this priest now wasn't validly baptized, he had never been confirmed. He wasn't actually ordained a priest because it's the, the gateway to all yes. sac sacraments. And again, sort of if you're doing this fundamental thing where you're building a house if you don't get the foundation correct, right, the whole thing is, is going to collapse. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it's a lack of responsibility in, in the person uh, doing the baptism. Um, mm. it's, you, don't, you don't innovate. You, know, you, you, you get your personality out of the way here. Um, you know, and, and that's something the whole modern world doesn't understand. It doesn't understand sacramentality. It doesn't mm. understand um, that when you put yourself out of the way, your, your idiosyncrasies and your, you know, individual ego um, and, and allow yourself to participate in this greater uh, liturgical reality, you don't lose your personality, individuality. You, you gain mm. it uh, a thousandfold. And so the desire to say we instead of I is like a neurotic uh, desire to kind of compensate for what they feel like is an egocentrism or individualism. We have to promote community. So we're going to say we, and it's just a counterfeit, right? It's a counterfeit way to go about it. You know, mm. it's like, it's, it's, it's just the way communism is a counterfeit of a common good. Um, what we're seeing now with, with the ridiculous conformity to bizarre uh, health rule, uh, Marxist uh, collectivism, we're seeing these, these masked rioters losing their very identity in, in the thralls of a kind of bacchanalia violence. I mean, it's, mm. it's something from like a Greek tragedy we're watching. And I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that, um, you know, saying we baptize as opposed to I is tantamount to that, that uh, evil. But I, I wonder if there's a kind of all-out assault right now on personal responsibility, personal agency, mm. the dignity of each human person. Um, as a kind of bearer of, of rights, of sacredness, um, and what, what, what goes along with that. You know, um, there's a kind of horror of, uh, of personal existence, that the fact that you're responsible for your own existence. And I think that finds its way into these, this weird collectivist language. Uh, maybe I'm overreacting, you know, I don't know, but that's how I see the things, you know? No, I mean, I think, I think you have something there. I mean, something I know you've been writing about recently, we've been talking about here at Catholic Family News, but you know, this idea that Our Lady said the errors of Russia would spread throughout the world and, and Sister 
Lucia confirmed in later interviews, somebody said, well, does that include America? And she said, yes. And what we are really seeing is this, in a sense, mentality of communism, even though we don't, you know, we don't see Soviet tanks rolling in, which is what a lot of people thought that all meant. But she, again, didn't say the tanks of Russia said the errors. And this, the whole idea of communism that the collective uh, is something superior to and the individual into which the individual, you know, is sort of obliterated in this, this collective um, is, again, something we're seeing definitely in the measures being taken, you know, the, the overreacting, to say the least, measures in front of this, this virus. Um, and again, we're not saying this deacon, whoever did this or other people, were consciously, like saying, right. let's infiltrate with communist ideas. No, no. But no. words and ideas have, have consequences. And you know, it, as each little increment of this, this uh, as a case you built, I hadn't even thought about it. It's been so long since I've been to the new mass. The, the we believe I, that I grew up with, um, yeah. the idea of replacing the collective, or even the idea that occurs to me of, you know, in, in uh, the new mass, that the, there's really no reason to have mass without the people. I mean, it's something yes. in the shutdowns. Lots of priests and reports of, well, if people can't be here, there's no point in saying mass sort of losing the whole idea that the Mass is not about the collective, it's about the individual act of Christ. It's the sacrifice that's be, that yes. you're participating in. Yeah, the other thing too is like, I remember growing up and for, when I first encountered the, the Tridentine Mass, the extraordinary form, I remember thinking like, we're not together, like praying. And the, you know why? You know why we weren't together? Because we, are, we weren't all listening to an audible voice at the same time. Mm -hmm. Somehow that meant we were in a community worshiping together if we were all listening at the same time to a voice that we could all understand. But if we're all praying the missile together in silence, somehow we're, we're now isolated, right? Mm -hmm. that, that's an illusion. There isn't any ne anything necessarily unifying by all listening to the same prayer, right? I mean, in the yes. sermon we do that, of course. But I, I remember that I think that's what really people get used to with... Um, the, the vernacular Novus Ordo Mass without any silent prayer, without much room for um, personal kind of um, solitude uh, is that. And again, that, that is a kind of a horizontalism or a collectivism getting in. Um, I mean, that really wasn't part of the original Novus Ordo as ordained, um, the way it was celebrated, you know, without all the options. I don't think it was that, was like that. that that's something that like developed in American culture, the way it was celebrated, I think to have everything mm -hmm. loud and microphone and in English and nothing silent, you know? And nothing that reminds you of your individual presence there and what you're That's right. as an individual. Yeah, very true. Very That's true. right. You lose yourself in, in, the, in the collective responses and listening. And it's, it's a counterfeit of the truly losing yourself in mystical contemplation and worship. Um, so again, I, I think, you know, it's it's a it's a mistake um the church you know condemned it rightly um but i think in light of the strange health collectivism we have now if you want to assert your right to to buy and sell in a store without a useless um towel face diaper which does nothing to prevent transmission of virus you have i've had hordes of customers following me through the store like zombies because I don't have a mask on. And they're all of a sudden, they're all united in this common good of playing video games or, you know, watching pornography or whatever. Now they're all in this moral crusade against me 
who dares to assert my individual dignity and right to mm. not have a, a, a hoax perpetrated upon me, okay? And, and, to, and to not have um, a, a pathological fear instilled in me, right? Uh, I mean, I've done a lot of research on this issue. I really understand what's going on, I think. And um, that to me is a bizarre collectivism that just has mm. emerged uh, through all the propaganda and fear mongering. Um, getting a little off topic, but I do think it's yeah. all connected. It is. Although the interesting sign of hope, I think, is that, um, you know, obviously where you are in California, unless you're Nancy Pelosi, uh, you're, you're forced to wear a mask uh, inside. Oh, good one. Yes, that's right. But, but the rest of the country, I mean, other states, it's really varying. I mean, so like in Florida, for example, Missouri. Um, well, there's resistance. It's not, and that's what's good to see. That's so, so I think where we can have some hope for the country is that Although this, 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 these errors of Russia are taking hold deeply and being used, in yes. this, that there's still some American spirit left where people... Oh, I completely agree. I've been yeah. part of a lot of resistance groups. Yes. And believe me, these are good people. They're not all Catholic. Some of them are Christian. Some of them are laxed, lapsed mm -hmm. religious people. But um, I'm finding some of the best, wholesome, courageous people in these resistance movements because they know they have nothing to lose. They, they know that this is going to keep going unless they resist. And so I hope, hopefully, um, we'll have more of that, um, you know, as things get, as they tighten the screws. I, I just hope there's not a second lockdown. I mean, it could be coming. And what are people going to do at this point, you know? Well, we'll see. It's, I, I'm not making any predictions this year after everything that's happened. Oh, I hear you. Yeah. Well, anyway. Um, well, great. Well, thank you again for joining us. We could delve a little bit more into this topic. Hopefully answered several of the viewers, you know, questions or, or thoughts about this topic. Uh, again, uh, um, I recommend uh, highly uh, Dr. Uh, uh, Kaczynski's books, his most recent one, Modernity as Apocalypse, a great diagnosis of kind of even, and interesting, before COVID-19 stuff even, of sort of how apocalyptic, you know, what's really happened in modernity. Uh, again, also familiar with his prior book, uh, uh, religious, The Problem of Religious Pluralism and Why Philosophers Can't, Can't Solve It. Uh, really, particularly if you were interested in philosophy, a, a good uh, explanation of what's, what's gone wrong in philosophy and, and uh, uh, a kind of analysis of, sort of the American experiment, I guess, a better, better way to... Uh, Thank you. I, I have a new book that is uh, Angelico's looking at right now on Aristotle, Aristotle's logic, but it's kind of for high school, um, junior, senior level, high school homeschoolers. Oh, um, wonderful. Yeah, so that they're looking at it right now for publication. So probably next year sometime. We'll see. That would be great, because if one thing our society needs is more people trained in logic, because <laughs> there's a, a huge lack of logic in public discourse. So that, Big time. that's wonderful. Well, actually, the, 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 real, the real problem is first principles are off. Sometimes the logic's fine. Yes. And my book, my book actually looks at how we come to understand first principles based on language and concepts. It's not so much the validity of syllogisms, but that process by which we um, encounter reality and form accurate concepts. That's called material logic in the tradition. Oh, I, think that, I think that's the big issue right now, isn't it? Is, is yes. uh, first principles are completely off. Very true. Very true. You know what I mean? Thank you again. And maybe if that All right. comes okay. out, we can get together again and we can talk a little bit more about it in the future. Thanks, Brian. Take care. Right. Thanks, everyone, for viewing. If you enjoyed this video, please like it, share it uh, with all your contacts. And again, if you like all the free content we make available, consider subscribing to Catholic Family News at www.catholicfamilynews.com.
And uh, look forward to seeing you with my co-host, Matt Gaspers, in our next news roundup.